0: Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Wednesday, August the 31st, 2022. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, numinous, which means having a mysterious or spiritual quality. Numinous. Hope everyone is enjoying their Wednesday or will enjoy their Wednesday. Yep, as I said, it is this is August the 31st. It is the end of the month. The last day in the month of August. We September is right around the corner. Man, uh, here comes the fall, also. Man, that well, hey, that is time. That is time. Uh, the heat is here. But we're expecting a cool down later on this week and going into the weekend. Actually, starting tomorrow, there's a little cold front coming through. And by next week, we could see temperatures back in those 80s. But I won't jump for joy just yet. As I always say, this is the South. This is the South. We know how these things roll, man. Well, anyway, uh, look. Hey, severe thunderstorms are are or have are, are tearing across the northeast, uh, from D.C. to New England, Massachusetts. After it ran through the Midwest a day or so ago, man, uh, those severe thunderstorms in the Midwest in Michigan, it left a, a young girl. She died as a result of getting shocked by a. Down power lines, I believe. And then there was another case in Ohio where a tree fell on a lady's house and she passed. So, uh, man, wow. Uh, That's the summer. That's the summer. It it just is. It just is. And a little bit of an update in uh, Mississippi. You know, I told you Mississippi was expected to have some uh, severe flooding uh, this week or starting, uh, what was that? What was that? Sunday going into Monday, uh, the state capital of Jackson, Mississippi, to be specific. And we thought that flooding and, you know, there was a water crisis going on and we thought it was a result of the the flooding, but it looks like, man, uh, that's not all the way through this water crisis because they have to set up uh because of the flooding uh, you know they had to set up these water distribution uh facilities but it looks like uh Jackson Mississippi has been under a boil water advisory ever since uh man last month and and it goes uh, what those elected officials and residents are saying uh, as a result is not so much because of the flooding. It is because of deferred water maintenance and neglect over decades. Wow. And that's according to the mayor. Now, 160,000 people are without water. And like I said, they they have these water distribution uh, facilities set up throughout the town. Uh, people can't drink water, can't cook, can't shower can't flush the bathroom firefighting is down because of these water this water treatment facility of failure and neglect now uh that boil water advisory uh like i said has been in effect ever since last month and that came about as a result of water samples that saw harmful bacteria or contaminant levels in it man um wow this, you know, I've noticed within the, you know, the past few years, we're hearing more and more stories about these, uh, these towns and cities that are having uh, these these water facilities, these plants that supposed to treat the waters. There's a lot of contaminants in the water. You know, uh, the most notable one is, of course, up in Flint, Michigan, where it was determined that the pipes, the, you know, the, the lead pipes, the old uh, pipes, the old, uh, what do you call those? Copper pipes, lead. Uh, and this happened in quite a few more other cities also. So what is going on with our water supply in this country? It seems like there's more effort and money and funding. Uh, this is just me. You know, I'm always going out on that proverbial limb. This is just me. There's more. They seem to focus more on energy as opposed to what we need as human beings that is an essential part of our survival. Water. And making sure that's clean and safe. And it seems like they're they're dumping money into uh, energy, electrical energy, or whether it be electrical or solar or whatever or what have you. Uh, I I can't find a quarrel with that. I mean, that's good. That's all fine and dandy. But water is an essential part of our lives. How much of a percentage of our body is made up of water? And if we can't get clean and safe water, what's going to happen to us as a civilization? (laughs) <laughs> just a question, just a thought. Cause like I said, it seems like over the past few years, we're seeing more and more instances of we're finding that our water supply is tainted with harmful bacteria. Now we always know that there is always going to be bacteria in water. That's why it goes through that filtration system. But when the filtration system isn't working and you have this so much so that, you know, you, you, you a month or so ago in Jackson, they told the residents of this city, the state capital, to boil their water and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't bathe or or, or wash or cook without, you know, boiling their water. And, and, and you have a flood coming through that further exacerbates the situation and brings it to the front, the forefront. That's a huge problem. And it's, that's not in Jackson, Mississippi or Flint, Michigan. It's everywhere. You know, hey, there's even a little battle here in and and good old Durham, where they're always saying, "Hey, we're trying to clean up the water." You know, it's going. We're going to go through a, a cleaning process. The water may have a, a distinct or, or a distinctive smell or taste. Yes, it does, and yes, it did. Uh, what's going on with our water supply? Is it? I think a lot of us. We already know the answer. Uh, of course, more money needs to be put into it. We might need to get rid of those lead pipes, those old copper pipes. And that's going on throughout the country. Just is. Just is. Uh, looks like the US Army is grounding the entire fleet of the Chinook hel- helicopters, the Helos, 400 to be exact. Uh, there hasn't been any deaths, but what has been reported is uh, they're having several engine fires because of fuel leaks. Uh, wow. Uh, hey, so they're, they're grounding these uh, Helos, these Chinooks out of a, abundance of caution. Yeah. I mean, if you can, you can, uh, you're already starting to see a little problem. Yeah. Ground them. Figure out what's going on. What's going on with that, that fuel line? Yeah. You know, hey, if you're, you were in the army, you know, the good old Chinook, it gets you where you need to go. Just us. Just us. And oh man, uh, the U.S. Navy's in the news. The U.S. Navy's in the news. Apparently, they uh, intercepted and took back a U.S. unarmed, unmanned drone that was equipped with sensors and camera cameras that detect and, you know, they collect data. Uh, apparently, <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of funny, but then again, it's not, because this could have turned into something uh, much more. Now, it appears that... a uh, an Iranian military vessel was seen towing the drone behind it. They hitched up a line <laughs> and started towing the thing. <laughs> uh, now they they were seen, and, and you could see the camera footage. They were in the uh, Arabian Gulf, and, and uh, a navy vessel, the USS. Thunderbolt to be exact, which is a, a cyclone class patrol ship. They just po- they patrol the coastline and, and they they you know they're just there there to patrol and make sure nothing jumps off or whatever, what have you. And and they got wind of it, or they saw this uh rainy Iranian military vessel pulling one of their own damn drones <laughs> and they gave chase. And they pulled up right alongside of them. Standoff lasted for hours. And finally, uh, Iran decided to cut the line and and disconnect the drone. So, yeah, the Thunderbolt came through. If you've ever seen one of these patrol boats or patrol, uh, however you term them, they're really small, but they're fast. And they do have some firepower on them. So don't let the size fool you. so this uh the the cycle, the thunderbolt came up right alongside of this Iranian military vessel and told them hey give it up and give it up now and they were armed and ready uh probably went to general quarters if you don't know anything about general quarters when they go to general quarters it is it's just not for fighting fires uh you can go to general quarters and man your guns <laughs> so they manned their guns and they told that iranian ship hey let it go let it go right now now, the U.S. Navy has came out and said the move was unwarranted and flagrant. And this is also going on during those U.S. Iranian nuclear talks. So many people are questioning and wondering, are these talks still going on? So far, the talks are still going on. Uh, I guess that <laughs> that's, that's just one of those things that happens. I mean, uh, Iran had to know what it was and who it belonged to. I, I just don't understand why they would pick that thing up and tie it up and try to pull it like you wouldn't be seen. Uh, pretty big sized drone. It's not one of those drones, you know, we're used to seeing where we, uh, the little remote control where you fly around and hold it in your hand and you, you let it go and it goes through the air or whatever. This was a pretty big, big thing. It was a surveillance drone or maybe a spy drone because they did say it was equipped with uh, cameras and sensors and it is unmanned and unarmed. It was just there, uh, it's just used to collect data, take pictures, see what's going on around it. But uh, <laughs> to see if you see that video <laughs> with that ship pulling that, that drone, man, that was uh pretty fun. Just was just was a uh, little bit of sad news here. It looks like uh former Soviet Union leader Mikhail Gorbachev, Gorbachev has passed away at '91. You know, he was like I said, he was the last. Leader of the Soviet former Soviet Union, he was a strong participant in ending the Cold War and the threat of nuclear war. Man, okay, uh, he certainly cemented his place in the history books, along with uh, him and uh, uh President Reagan. We all remember that famous speech where uh, President Reagan told him, Hey, tear down this wall, the Berlin Wall. Of uh, course. Many said that signaled the end of communism. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? All right, moving along here also looks like, uh, oh, wow. Here in uh, North Carolina, Alamance County, to be uh, specific around that Burlington Burlington, North Carolina area, looks like a woman is facing felony fraud charges after the Department of Social Services contacted the Alamance County Sheriff's Office to report a case of fraud. Food stamp frauds to be more specific. Uh the 39-year-old, uh, too old to be doing this. The 39-year-old, uh, they're saying received benefits from the state that she was not entitled to. Now she's been charged with felony fraud, felony food stamp fraud, felony obtaining property by false, false pretenses, because uh the Department of Social Services in Alamance County said she received $15,500 in food stamp, food stamp benefits that she was not eligible for. She lied about her daughter staying with her while her daughter was really staying with her father, her biological father. And she uh, was arrested and she's under a $10,000 secured bond. Wow. I guess people still do that. <laughs> food stamp fraud. Well, she was so much so she got uh, fifteen thousand dollars and five fifteen thousand and five hundred dollars worth of food stamps. So they uh, quickly swooped in and 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 locked her up. Thirty nine years old. Yeah, you're a little too old for that, don't you think? I think you are. <laughs> Man, uh, certainly makes. I, I I have no words. Like I said, I I, I think you were, you're a little too old for that, but food stamp fraud goes on uh, all too often, apparently. I mean, she's just one one of many, and, and and you know, hey, the way things have been going here as of late, with these uh, side note with these PPP loans and, and other things, uh, just like I've said numerous times, even though COVID, you know, COVID took us through it. And, and and hey, a lot of people were getting uh, those PPP loans, stimulus checks, food uh, stamps. Also, they were being distributed to help people that you know had lost their jobs. So now, hey, like I said uh, several podcasts ago. The federal government and state governments, they're looping back around. They want to know how and, and where their money is and to make sure it was spent the way it was supposed to be spent and sent to those that were really in need. Uh, really not a time frame of, uh, of how long they were looking at her for those fraud charges. But, hey, it's like I said, we all know uh, the federal governments <laughs> after, after COVID and all the money that was spent and sent out and gave out. They it's only um it's only fitting that they come back around and see what where their where the hell their money's at and, and who it was given to and what they did with it. This may be the tip of the iceberg, and hey, there quite possibly could be many more people that find themselves jammed up not just with food stamp fraud, but especially with those PPP loans. They just are. Uh a lot of people are going to get hemmed up. They just are. They just are. All right. Let's Go get it. Well, now we all remember the DC sniper, you know, back in October of 2002, uh, 20 years ago. And here we are 20 years later. And one of those DC snipers finds himself back in the news. Now, um, a backstory of this. Like I said, we all remember that DC sniper back in uh, 2002 that left all of us terrified. Especially if you were on this, the East Coast, the Eastern Seaboard, uh, man, I can remember um, taking to myself, "Well, good lord, looks like they're coming down this way because they were in uh, Maryland, Virginia, and then the District of Columbia. They went along uh, pretty much along the, uh, the, the the interstates, and they would get off and and they would, you know, do their little thing or whatever." But the backstory is um, John Lee Malville, that was a 17. Well, at the time he was 17 year old kid that was with uh, Muhammad. I can't remember his first name. Uh, Muhammad, we, we all know uh, many say he, he was the ringleader. He was an older man. Uh, he has since been executed. He went to the chair or went to the death chambers or went to that lethal injection. However, they did it. He went and he didn't tell anything. He didn't give any response. He didn't give a statement. He didn't say he was sorry. He just allowed himself to be executed. And that left, uh, like I said, at that time, the 17-year-old John Lee Malvo to face life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, backstory is how those two got together. John Lee Malvo is uh, from Kingston, Jamaica. And and, uh, apparently Muhammad was there um i get. i don't know if he was from there somehow some way but he was there he was married his wife muhammad left him and she fled to the united states uh i believe washington state or oregon to be specific because he was abusive so she hauled you know what took the kids and left so somehow some way muhammad hooks up with uh this kid and he convinces him that you know, hey, I'm like a father figure to you, and this goes right into the the the, the plays right into his uh, lawyers saying that uh, he was persuaded by this older man, man that told him he was like a father figure. So he him and him and Muhammad they they struck out. They came to the United States, I believe um, that Muhammad somehow, some way ended up. In Seattle or Oregon, where his ex-wife was at, threatening her, police were called, and he he left. And somehow, some way, he ended up on the East Coast, uh, around Maryland and Virginia and DC. And they started this killing spree, where they, you know, people were were shot and killed. Ten were killed, three were injured. Uh, people that were just going about their regular, everyday life folks going to work folks at work people going to kids going to school kids coming from school folks going to doctor's appointments folks coming back from doctor's appointments these guys pretty much just they just set up shop wherever the hell they felt like and they just started shooting people like i said if you remember those of us on the east coast i know you said where you're in north carolina we didn't know which way those fools were going we were all shook Just work. Now, back to this story. Um, It looks like uh, a Maryland appeals court has now ruled that at the time, uh, like I said, the 17-year-old John Lee Boyd Malvo has to be resentenced because of a 2012 Supreme Court decision that ruled that a life sentence without parole for juveniles is illegal in Maryland. So he did some killings in Maryland. So that lines right up. And and I believe also Virginia also changed it, changed course also with that life sentence without parole for uh, juveniles. So in 2017, Malvo and his lawyers filed a motion to have him resentenced. They wanted him resentenced. They said, hey, wait a minute, hold up, hold up. According to the Supreme Court ruling, life without parole for uh, juveniles is unconstitutional. Unconstitutional. Now, uh, this ruling came down years after Malvo was sentenced, of course. Now, what came about uh, because of this ruling? It actually states that under the Eighth Amendment, which again bans life sentences without parole for juveniles, this is the statement that that, that this is the decision that came down where his lawyers are are, are going to try to uh, horn in and get that sentence reduced. Uh, I don't think he's going to be getting out. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know that the, they're saying the sentence without, uh, life, without parole is unconstitutional for juveniles. And and, and they're, they're saying that they just, I, I can't see, I just can't see this kid, this man. Now he's a grown man. I just can't see this guy getting out. I, I don't think they're going to go that far. Uh, maybe some point at some point in time, they'll have a sentence to say yeah, he's eligible for parole. Then they'll say no. Uh, this is pretty much what the, the, the guidelines is. It says, uh, if a citizen court determines that the offender, uh, the offender's crime was the result of transient immaturity versus permanent incorrigibility, that the long short is, if, that's, if it's determined that, okay, if it's determined that he can be rehabilitated and as a result of his age at the time of his offense, he could be eligible to have that sentence taken away. And I like I said, I don't know what they're really shooting for, because I don't see this kid, this guy getting out. So if if it's determined that um his sentence of, of transient immaturity Versus the permanent incorrigibility, which means he can't be rehabilitated, whatever. And the transient immaturity is saying, hey, he can be rehabilitated. Let's shorten that sentence. And, it, and if he, it's determined that he can stay away from the criminal life, then, they, then the the accused should be given the possibility of parole. But if it's determined that he is, of course, incorrigible, uh, irreparable, corrupt, then life without parole is constitutional. Hmm. Uh like I said, I I I'm kind of I'm not saying I'm on a fence, but I can certainly understand the, the argument that if if a juvenile commits a crime and it's been determined, just like with Malvo here, it's been determined or found out that he was just led astray by an older uh adult who was just on a crime spree or whatever or what have it, have you that then they should be eligible for parole. I understand that argument, but then at the same time, you got to understand the crime here, uh, what these two did, uh, because uh, Malvo did participate in some of those shootings, a, a, a lot of those shootings, I, I, I believe, and, and how they would do it. They were sitting in an old style box Caprice, Capri, uh, what do you call those car cars? Uh, Caprice Classic, old Chevy Caprice Classic. And they somehow or another they had uh moved the seat where you can lay down in the back, stick the rifle through the license plate because those those old box style uh caprice classics you know the license plates pops out from the back and they would stick the the barrel of the rifle out and start shooting they would just randomly shoot random people that were just going around about their day uh. For me, personally, I always say to you, hey, a murderer is a murderer, and I, I and I stand by it now. He is a murderer. Uh, I really don't care about how he was led astray, ran amok by an older gentleman that that somehow influenced him to do this and gave him the, the impression and feelings that he was a father figure. Uh, I can understand that argument, but I, I he ain't getting no pass from me. You are a murderer. You need to stay in jail. I don't think... This Eighth Amendment uh, reworking or rewording, it just doesn't apply here, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, This man, or juvenile at the time, was rolling around with another fool and they were just riding around shooting people. Random people. They were going about their day-to-day dealings in life. All because uh, Muhammad, the older adult, was upset that his wife left him and took the kids because he was abusive. So he hooked up with this little kid. He took him under his wings and they went from Jamaica to the top Western part of the United States all the way over to the East Coast and started killing people. Uh, That's enough. Like I said, uh, maybe in another instant or another case for a juvenile that that has been convicted and it can be determined that they are, or can be rehabilitated versus that, that permanent incorrigibility. Uh, maybe that this would work, but not for him. I'm sorry. Uh, I do take, I do feel sorry for him. I just do. And I know many of you are going to say, well, he was 17. He should have known better. Yeah. Yeah. He should have known better, but uh, he didn't, uh, he didn't have a, a a good home life either. Malvo. Uh I think his father was absent, his mother, I, I'm not sure. Uh, they never fully explained what was going on with his mother. All they would say was that while he was at, in Kingston, where which is where he's from, he was homeless. So this is how Muhammad was able to uh, lure him in. You do have some adults out there like that, that go around and they look for uh, those that are, are, are wayward in life. So, so he got with this kid. He, like I said, he took him under his wing, and they went on this killing spree. The DC snipers. Um, they're going to court. Like I said, his uh, this that that argument of uh, transient immaturity versus permanent incorrigibility. It does line up with his lawyers. It is a good defense, you have to admit, because I'm quite sure they can prove that he was, hey, let astray and ran amok. And he can be, if they can prove that he can be rehabilitated, they might have a pretty good strong case. But I don't think, (laughs) uh, I really don't think or believe that he will be let free at some point in time. I I just don't. I I think he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison and what's going to, the only thing I can see that's being taken away is they're going to take away that, that other part of the possible life in prison without the possibility of parole, quite possibly just going to give him life in prison. And he has to re uh, come up, reappear every so often and say why he should be let out. And I think it would be no, but this also lines up uh, also. And, and with, with me saying that these uh, prison reformers, that say that's an old way of doing business that needs to be done away with, where you know in the back of your mind or the parole board already has it in their mind, they aren't going to let those out. Uh, this is just a formality where they come before them and they, they hear their, their argument or hear their pleas and then they still say no. I, I can understand that to an extent, but for this crime, it was such a heinous, terrifying crime. To think that folks were just going through their life day to day and these fools were just riding around trying to kill them. I don't think he's going to get out. I just don't. I could be wrong. Stranger things have happened. They have. But I don't think it's going to happen in this instance. Uh, I think he's just going to get life in prison and have the the distinction or have the right to go before a parole board every so often. I just do. Just uh, that guy ain't getting out. He doesn't need to get out. Doesn't need. I don't care how much you were influenced by uh, Muhammad. I, I just don't. Uh, you killed people. You killed innocent people. You just did. Just did. Yeah. Like I said, we all remember that. I know I was shook. I was like, what, what in the world? What have they come towards North Carolina? <laughs> but they never did. They were stopped. Uh, they were caught and apprehended before they made their uh Who knows where they were going? Who knew? Who knew? All right. I'm ready to get on out of here. It's time to skedaddle. Got to go to work. Got to go to work. Well, that's all for me today. And I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. And I would love to hear your voice. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Radio, Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And as always, wherever you are listening, hit that like and subscribe button so you can get notified when I drop these podcasts. Keep you in the loop. And as always, thank you for listening. This is Stephen Carnegie for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.